Welcome everybody to my very first podcast. My name is Michael Murray. I'm a medium here based in Newry in County Down in Northern Ireland. You're very, very welcome to my first show, should we call it. Basically, the idea behind this podcast is to discuss spirituality and mediumship. Mediumship takes many forms. It can come in the form of healing. It can come in many ways and we'll discuss all of these things as we go along. The main thing that I want to do in this particular episode is I want to discuss the misconceptions that surround mediumship. I want to discuss the fear that can surround mediumship and the fear of working with spirit. And firstly, when I talk about spirit, what I mean is that spirit are the souls or the entities or the energies that have passed on from this world. And as a medium works, a medium will connect with these souls, and we like to call them spirit. Mediumship can take many forms. Mediumship can be in the physical form. A physical mediumship will be a physical manifestation of spirit, as they may appear in front of you, just as real as anybody else. Or you may physically hear them, knockings, rappings, even hear them speaking. Mediumship takes lots of different types of forms. Now, I don't want to get too much into all of that stuff straight away. There's so, so much that we could talk about. There's so many different elements that we could go to. And I think it's important that we start off on the right foot. What I would like to do first and foremost is to talk about mediumship and the basics of it. Now, in order for us to look at mediumship in a way that's understandable to us, we must first look at the misconceptions that I spoke about. So there are quite a few misconceptions regarding how a medium works and what a medium sees uh, when they're doing these readings for people and stuff like that. And a lot of people would think that the medium would have spirits standing beside them. um, And this is how they're getting all of this information. And I know from my own experiences working as a medium, when people will come to see me, a lot of people could have quite a little bit of fear um, as uh, when they sit there, they're afraid that they're going to see something that they're not ready to see. They're afraid that they're going to hear things that they don't want to hear. Um, They fear that they may get messages from their loved ones that they don't want. Um, The first thing I will say is that in my work as a medium, Any reading I have ever done, it has always come from a place of pure and utter love. I have never, ever been given any messages of of doom and gloom or any anger from the spirit world towards that person, the recipient of the reading. Whenever we cross over to spirit, we shed this physical body. We return to pure energy. We return to ourselves again. There is so much philosophy surrounding this mediumship. There's so many ideas of what the spirit world is like and what happens when we cross over and how do they cross back to us whenever they want to contact one of their loved ones and stuff like that. And it's absolutely fascinating whenever you delve deep into all of this philosophy. But we won't worry about philosophy just now. Again, we're going to draw it back in and I'm so passionate about this work that I do 
Um, sometimes I can go off track myself and, and start getting into the philosophy side of things as well because as I've said it is absolutely fascinating and we will all develop our own philosophies as we go along as to how we believe all of this can actually take place. Whenever we're looking at the misconceptions of mediumship we have these, I suppose you could say we've, we've got Hollywood um, has everybody believed that you know we have a crystal ball and you know, the crystal ball comes to life and all sorts of things start moving inside the crystal ball and that's that that's what a medium does. And in my experience I've never used a crystal ball. To me, a crystal ball is a tool. It's a mere tool for your mediumship. There are many tools, angel cards, all that sort of stuff. But again, in further podcasts we we will discuss all of this at length. Now whenever we're looking at this we also look at the the horror that Hollywood would show us. So you've got the likes of exorcisms and all of this, like uh, we'll say poltergeists and hauntings and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, again, my knowledge or, or everything I've learned thus far, you know, it would definitely not go along them lines of that actually being, um, I suppose I'll use the word real, um, I think, yes, I don't doubt that those circumstances can occur, but not in the way that, that, that TV would have us believe. Um, I've also spoke to people that have had readings in the past, and I'm not here to slate how any other medium does their work, but you know, I know some mediums that sometimes, if they're not careful, they can frighten the bejesus out of people. I've had mediums tell, I've, I've heard stories of mediums telling recipients that their floorboards were haunted and, and there was ghosts and there was entities living in the walls and all sorts of stuff and to be honest with you it's absolutely in my experience it's absolute nonsense whenever spirit come forward to work with me as i've said they do so from a place of pure and utter love it takes a lot in a sense for spirit to make that connection to us as well and it, it's just as much it's just as much energy, in a sense, for spirit to come and connect as it is for the medium to make that connection. But also, there are three there are three people in every reading. Some mediums can tend to forget about the recipient of the reading, and they can make it about them and spirit. It's very, very important that this recipient of the reading is acknowledged whenever they come. It's important that they're acknowledged throughout the reading, because without the recipient... What is the point of this work as a medium? So again, going off track slightly there again, but um, you'll probably get used to me doing this. But again, it's uh, it's just a passion for me. And I, there are so many different ideas that I have and um, many, many things that I want to talk about. So there are two main forms of mediumship. Physical mediumship, which I said, which I spoke about. It can manifest itself physically, so we can have spirit come forward and we may see them. And many people that have said, oh, I've seen my grandmother, I've seen my mother and my father. That's a form of physical mediumship. Mental mediumship is through what we would say the mind's eye of a medium. So the best analogy I can use is if you've ever had a daydream and you're staring at the ground, but you're not actually seeing the ground, you're, you're in your thoughts. Well, whenever we work with mental mediumship, this is basically the process that the medium is going through. But what they're seeing is the images that the spirit are, are giving forward to them. And the floor is just merely a backdrop of the, for those images, if that makes sense. Now, 
again, you can vary that. I mean, sometimes I've done readings where, you know, I may be out doing a demonstration in public of mediumship. So there are many, many spiritual centers and churches all, all, all around. Ireland has quite a few. Um, there's, there's one or two here in Northern Ireland as well. And, um, you know, there's, there's lots and lots of places in England too. And, um, I would often go and I would dem. We call it we call it a dem in these places. And there's times the carpet could be multicolored, and have designs. And as I'm as I'm using that as a backdrop. So if you've ever been to a reading and you've seen the medium basically staring at the floor, staring at the wall as they're talking, many people believe that this that the medium is actually seeing a spirit standing there and stuff like that. Now for me, that design in the carpet, whichever way I look at it can distort the image or the evidence that I have just gotten and it can actually bring me on to the next piece of evidence. So for instance, if, if, I, if I'm using that as a backdrop for whatever vision I have, you know, if I have, had a vision of a house and that's what I was seeing, I mean, if, if, if I shift my focus even slightly, that image of a house can change into image of a ship or a boat because of the way it reacts with that backdrop that I have. So whenever we look at tools and mediumship, which again, I've said we'll speak about in the future, there are many different forms. So angel cards or oracle cards have beautiful artwork on them, beautiful pictures. And again, the reason for all those colors and pictures is because once again, you're using it as a backdrop and you're, you begin to, these visions begin to unfold as you're reading this card. So in my past experience, I've been able to actually take a picture of a cloud and I've actually been able to read the cloud because of the different forms and the different folds and all of that stuff on the picture of a cloud. So if I was to give that picture to somebody and ask them to hold on to it and they hand it back to me, I can then actually read that by reading the lines and stuff like that. But again, it's 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 fascinating stuff, but it's not what we're here for today. But what I'm trying to do is to just give you some, uh, I suppose, little tasters of all the different types of things that we can talk about in this podcast. Now, I know there are many, many mediums out there that have their own podcasts and they have their own teachings and their own philosophies. All I can really do is speak from the heart and, and speak from my own experiences. But also, as I'm sitting here, I have spirit coming in and they're working with me and they're they're getting their message across as well. Because the job of a medium is one, it's, 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 one, it's to prove the existence, to continue existence after death. Two, it's to bring great comfort. And I think that this is the most important one. It's to bring comfort to people that need it. Most people that come for a reading have a longing. They have a need. They need to hear something from their loved one that has passed. They need to hear something from them that's going to help them heal and going to help them move on. And that is so, so important. And it's such a fragile, it's such a fragile situation. Mediums must have great respect for this. As a medium, you have to see the fact that you are dealing with somebody who may be in a vulnerable position. They may be feeling very, very fragile. And it's important that the medium, and we talked about telling people that their floorboards are haunted. This is the problem. This is where the fear comes in. And this is where mediumship in itself can get quite a bad name. It's the same in any job that you go into. You know, there's always people that are passionate about it and try to stay true to the form. But there are also others who, even unknowingly what they're doing, they may start off with the right reasons, but they continue along this path and they let their mind take over. They let their human mind take over and the ego comes in. Ego is a huge problem. 
um, when you're working as a medium. If you allow your ego to make the work of spirit more about your own success and more about your own your own feelings and you forget about the message spirit want to relay and the message that the person needs to get you can muddy the waters completely you can it basically what you're doing by doing that is you are having somebody coming to you and if if you charge money for reading some mediums do some mediums don't um, I have learned myself that I do. Um, it took me quite a while to get to that point, but I know myself that it's important in order for me to be able to do this work. I need to be able to pay my bills, and this and that allows me to have this time to do the work of spirit. Um, but you know, if, if if you've got somebody coming to you and they've come for reading and whatever it is you're charging, there's many many different price ranges, but it depends on who the medium is. And you make that reading more so about look at me and look at what I can do and look at my skills as a medium, forgetting completely about the message that needs to be delivered. And I've been to many workshops myself, listening to other mediums, and it's quite fascinating. There's some wonderful, wonderful mediums out there. Um, there's a fabulous medium there. Um, he's called Tony Stockwell. Uh, I went to see him last year and at a workshop, and um, one of his teachings was was that. Whenever we have somebody that comes for a reading to us as a medium, it's important that they leave with something. It's important that they leave. It's not about forcing, forcing the issue or, or, or trying to, trying to make sure that they get. You've you've come across as being good at what you do as a medium. It's not about that. It's it's about making sure that that person leaves you in a better position than when they came to you. They leave you with something something from that reading and that stayed with me that was one of the main things that stayed with me and whenever I do my own readings I certainly try if, if I feel that there's something more that that person is needing or there's something more that they wanted from that reading it's not for me to force spirit to come forward and give that evidence but it's certainly about me to start to towards the end to maybe ask a question you know have you got what you needed today have you questions? Is there anything you would particularly like me to focus on? And, you know, early teachings for myself discussed that and they discussed, you know, is it right to force the issue and is it right to expect more from spirit whenever that's all that spirit have wanted to give us? But my understanding of all of it now is that whenever spirit come forward to a medium and they're coming forward to give their give their wisdom and their love and their light, there are so many more messages that they delivered that actually don't get past the medium. Because I know myself in the past that my mind has been completely clouded. There are so many probably little things that I, I wasn't able to get across because I have let my own day get in the way. Something could have happened to me before the reader came and it's, it's, it's my, I've lost my own focus a little bit. So it's important that... I try to find a little bit of a sense of calm towards the end, no matter how well the reading's gone, that I try and just rewind slightly, clear my mind again and say, okay, spirit, what have I missed? And again, I feel that whenever we do this as mediums, we just give that bit more to the recipient. We do them that little bit more justice and we do more justice to spirit. So they're my own thoughts, I suppose, on you know, as a medium, from a medium's perspective of what we should be doing, from a recipient of a reading, from, from your perspective, it's important that whenever you come for a reading, 
I think it's very important that you try to come in a relaxed state. And this is why I want to talk about those misconceptions. Because it's those misconceptions that may plant the seed of fear within us. So whenever we go to this reading, we may close ourselves off slightly. We're afraid we're going to hear something that we don't want to hear. Now, the more relaxed we are when we come for a reading, the more we get. And it's because your frequency, and again, we'll talk about frequencies and vibrations. Everybody has a vibration. And in order for a medium to work with spirit, we must raise our own vibration to match theirs. And that is how we are able to connect. And it's important that we don't forget the vibration of the recipient of the reading. So the higher that you can raise your vibration, the more of a connection. If you look at a medium as a bridge between you and your loved one, it's not good enough that the medium just connects with spirit and they start to throw information at you. You must be comfortable in the surroundings and you must be comfortable in the energy of the medium themselves. Whenever you're looking for a medium, it's important that you shop around, let's just say. Look at reviews even. It's important that you go with your good instinct though, first and foremost. I hear time and time again from people that come to me for readings saying, I meant to go for a reading a while ago and I forgot all about it. I was meant to go to somebody else and it fell through. And I seen your post on Facebook or whatever it may be. And there and then I just knew that that was the reading I was supposed to come to. So try and do it that way if you can. Go with your gut instinct. If you're feeling that you know, oh, there's a medium, I'm just going to jump on this and I'm going to see, can I get a, can I, you know, are, are they available for a reading? Listen to your gut. If your gut tells you that that's, that's your first thought and that's your first feeling on that, then go for it. If you see a medium and you're not sure and you're humming and you're hawing and you're thinking, I don't know, I don't know, you know, go with your gut instinct on that too. All different types of mediums have all different frequencies. Sometimes whenever you go to a medium, and the medium may not necessarily give you very much information. My belief on that now is simply that the medium has not raised their vibration enough to be compatible with your with your spirit, with the person that you want to come forward. The medium has themselves not switched on their vibration high enough to be able to make that connection. It's certainly not because your loved one, your family member, your friend, or whoever it may be, it is certainly not because they do not want to come and see you. So don't ever feel that way. Nine times out of 10, it is in fact the medium that has gotten in the way of that reading. Now, I'm not, as a medium, I am not slating other mediums because I know myself, I have been in these positions. And it's just as hard for the medium sometimes because we feel like we've let the recipient down. We feel like the recipient has come all the way to see us. And I, I use the word recipient. Um, because in a sense you are in receipt of these messages but the medium I know myself I feel like I've let people down they've come all the way to see me and it's because again I haven't allowed myself to raise my vibration I haven't taken enough time in my day to maybe sit a little bit longer and make that connection and raise my own vibration through meditation and through attunement now mediums would do something called attunement and that's whenever we would attune to the spirit world. There are many, many ways to do this. And over time, mediums develop their own ways um, that suits them best before they would have a reading. We would all have a mantra or a routine that we would have. And we would feel probably that this enables us to make the best connection. Now, 
with that being said, with the attunement process, there are mediums out there that probably would say they don't need to do that. They see, you know, their their connection is that strong. And I, I would I would believe that, but at the same time I think it's respectful to the recipient of the reading and to spirit that we take that little bit of time to try and make the make that bridge that little bit stronger before the reading actually takes place. And when we talk once again, going back to mental mediumship, mental mediumship, the other form of mediumship, when we're looking through our mind's eye, I believe that mental mediumship is, is in fact the strongest form of mediumship. Mental mediumship, the reason I think it's the strongest form is because when we work in the mental capacity as a medium, we are listening to our own bodies as opposed to relying on physically seeing something. So, for instance, if I was sitting doing a reading for somebody and I felt that all of a sudden I might feel my stomach burning and I might say, I feel that um, whoever I had with me, I feel that they may have suffered from ulcers in their stomach or something like that. And a lot of the time that will get understood and I'll be like, yes, I can understand that. And sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll be like, no, I don't understand that. But as the reading goes on, you you will learn that they actually had cancer in their stomach and that's where it started. And what you do as a medium is you remember those instances because the next time you get that burning feeling, there's a very high likelihood that the what spirit are trying to show you once again is that stomach cancer was an issue and that's how we as mediums build up our library of feelings mental mediumship enables you to build up your your very own uh, logbook should we call it of feelings and sensations and it's almost like your go-to now further on down the line as we advance talking about mediumship and as your mediumship advances it's important not to get reliant on go-to's because mediumship is constantly evolving as a medium. I remember in the early days, for the first maybe six months working as a medium, everything was going brilliant. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, I can understand it all. And then one day I did a reading and nothing worked anymore. Nothing worked at all. And what happens is sometimes spirit will pull the rug out from under you and they will then force you to start to listen to other things and they will force you to unfold and we call it levels of unfoldment as our mediumship develops they will force you to look at it from a different perspective and to and to find other ways to get this information and that's not a cruel thing at the beginning i think i thought it was because i thought why would you let me sit in a room in front of somebody and absolutely crash and burn and i hated it i thought to myself i'm never doing this again and i'm sure many mediums out there have thought the exact same but it's how we push past that and we we try, we try to expand our awareness even more and we're prepared to go through this to get to the other side and to for our mediumship to blossom even further and for the evidence to become even stronger the next time around. I know myself that my mediumship, whenever I'm not doing a reading, in my everyday life, I would obviously sense spirit around me and that's how I became a medium. I grew up, I seen spirit all the time. I would have physically seen them. It was quite strong in the early days and um, my most vivid memories come from my youth uh, working with spirit and that was just spirit's way of putting me on this path giving me these giving me these instances where you know i would have seen them but i would have been scared i was a kid but i've never forgotten those memories and that's what every time i doubted myself i just remembered those things that i know in my heart and soul you know i seen i seen i seen spirit 
and you know spirit are never cruel it's always a learning process with them it's just our minds and our own egos and our own fears that call it cruel i have learned along the way that anything they do for us they do for us out of pure love so whenever we're working with mental mediumship there there are there are a few senses I'll, I'll just name a couple of them. So you've got clairvoyance. So you've, we've all heard of clairvoyance. Clairvoyantly will be when you see spirits. So you may physically see them as a physical mediumship. So, but also clairvoyance can work in the mental capacity. And that's whenever you see spirit again, like that daydream we spoke of in your mind's eye is what we call it. So there's also clairaudience. And in clairaudience, you can hear spirits. So you can, you, can, you may physically hear them as if you're listening to anybody else in the room or you may just hear them once again in your mind giving you messages as well so we've also got clear sentience and that's whenever we work with our senses or it can be our sense of smell our sense of taste or just our feeling listening to our own bodies or our gut instinct so we also have clear so we've got clear audience which we spoke about clairvoyance clairsentience and claircognience now claircognience is what we call in the mediumship world the just knowing so that's whenever you may not even be seeing anything you might not be hearing anything you may not even be feeling anything but you just know it's almost like you open your mouth and you just start talking and the evidence comes out and this evidence and all the knowledge you need from spirit just comes pouring out it's as if it goes through the top of your head and straight out of your mouth and that's a wonderful form of mediumship and that will come with confidence as you go along that form of mediumship takes confidence now some people are naturally gifted they can naturally do this they don't have that fear to just say to somebody i've got a message for you now i've done i've myself have stood there doing demonstrations of mediumship where i have switched from claircognience to clairsentience to clairaudience all of this just depends on the spirit communicator that comes forward and what way they feel that we are going to decipher their messages best. Now, you got to look at mediumship as if the medium is looking through a foggy pair of lenses and a pair of glasses. And what we're seeing, we're trying to figure out the images that we're being shown. And there's, there's something we call evidence expansion when we're a medium. And that's how you can expand one image and turn it into something else and the evidence grows and grows and grows from that but again that's more advanced and we will speak about that on its own some night or some day because that in itself would take an hour just to discuss so the mediumship as i've said this is this is how this is how it works for a medium this is these are all the senses and all, all the all the things we can use to to gather to gather up all of this evidence that we're being given for the recipient so how do we become a medium? This is also a burning question and it's important that we discuss this now in the first episode. So we become a medium. It's not that you become one. There's a medium in everybody. Some of it's we call it just a state of awareness. So some people are just further along that state of awareness than others. Some people have been conditioned to basically close the door on anything like this. Um, their teachings it can be their upbringing it can be what their their faith has taught them to do um, and stuff like that and some people may have been brought up in a more open environment where they were allowed to maybe blossom a bit more spiritually and and maybe take in more ideas from other faiths and stuff like that and that can be a great stepping stone 
in in the world of mediumship to begin the journey i know a lot of mediums some fabulous mediums who i would consider to maybe have come from that background and you can see it in them they just have that confidence it's that all-knowing it's that there's no doubt in their minds whatsoever whenever we start mediumship in a later stage of life those doubts have almost been ingrained into us and it can be harder to break down those doors in our own minds to allow ourselves to unfold properly and to allow that journey to take place. But we have to remember that that journey has been preordained from us from the very beginning. As I've spoken about, spirit came to me from a very young age. Little did I know that this was the path that they were going to lead me on. At the time I didn't like it, but now I'm so glad, I'm so, so glad that that's the way it happened. My journey for me happened very, very quickly. I was in my early 30s whenever uh, and I wasn't working as a medium. I knew I, I I talked about spirit all the time because I was seeing them all the time and hearing them all the time. I still slept with the light on right up until my uh, late 20s. And, you know, I just it was I'd be in bed at night and the blankets would be pulled off the bed. I, 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 people would sit in the end of their spirit, I should say, would sit on the end of the bed. I would hear them whispering to me, talking to me. Um, and at times I thought I was absolutely insane. Um, but again, you know, this was all this was all to push me in the direction that I was supposed to go. And whenever you start off as a medium, I myself started off going to uh, what we would call a circle in me in the mediumship world um, and the healing world. And I sat in class and I had a fantastic teacher and he taught me how to relax my mind enough. Um, and meditation is a fantastic starting point if you're looking to begin to explore uh, how to how to I suppose begin your journey um, if you can learn to meditate even for five or ten minutes a day do a little bit of mindfulness it's a great stepping stone to allow your mind to relax enough to begin to connect to that prana life force energy and we this is what we work with because as a medium you need to recharge your batteries as you go along otherwise you'd be exhausted we use a lot of energy um, but as when I started off that's what it was at the start it was just simple little things simple little exercises there's something called psychometry, which is basically whenever you read an, an inanimate object. So that can be, you may have seen mediums or readers in the past. They've said, oh, give me a photograph of the person. Um, give me an item that they left behind that you, you hold dear. And they will read that. And that's psychometry. You're reading the vibration and the energy that was left behind um, or that was imprinted onto that object. So that's how I would have started in the in the early days. We would have done things like that. And basically, psychometry is a fantastic way to begin to get your confidence up, to think to yourself, you know what, hang on a second, how could I have known that? You know, and that's before we even begin to, to try and make that connection with spirit. So if you're looking to get onto this path, I think you can start to do little things like that at home maybe. Um, you know, um, another one would be to get somebody to write something on a piece of paper. It can be information about a person that's passed. Um, and you basically hold on to this piece of paper, quiet your mind, and just basically accept every single image that comes. Don't discard anything at all. Even if you think to yourself, oh, that's just my mind. Oh, my mind's racing or I'm going blank. There's no such thing as going blank. There's always something going on up there. Even if you're blank, there'll be a color you'll probably be seeing in your mind. Work with the colour of that. And I mean, you could open that piece of paper and that could be some, that could be your partner's grandmother and all of a sudden the colour purple that you were thinking of was something she always wore. 
So that's how that's how we can begin to start to open our awareness just that little bit more. Um, you know, and the more we do this and the more confidence comes up whenever you begin then to start to try to connect with spirit and work with spirit you have that little bit of a foundation of trust within yourself so you trust yourself enough to know in the past you have gotten information that you could not have known you did not see who was on that piece of paper and that's only one just a small example of a piece of paper there are many many things you can do to start off with we'll talk about psychometry as well in another in another episode but Psychometry is important to learn from the beginning. We'll probably maybe do that on the next episode. So whenever then we're looking to connect the spirit, what we're doing then is we can maybe start by again working with maybe objects that belong to that person's spirit. So if you if you have a friend maybe then you want to do this together, you could maybe ask your friend to bring something along that belonged to their aunt or their mother or their father and to let you hold this and to begin to maybe start to read that. So whenever you, again, it's psychometry, you're working with the psychic faculty. So whenever you start and you begin to do that again, that can be giving, opening the door a little bit for spirit to start to come in and start to give you little bits of information, little bits of information. So what we learn to do then is once we've sort of started to learn to calm ourselves enough to meditate, enough to allow ourselves to be taken on little journeys in our minds through meditation, that then allows us to take a bit of a journey towards the spirit world. So when, and believe it or not, the spirit world is not a million miles away. The spirit world is right here. It's right beside us. We just need to lift the veil between us and them. And again, I don't even think we, I don't like even calling it a veil. I don't think it is a veil. It's just basically learning which door we need to open to look in. So again, whenever then we start off and we call it, once again, we call it attunement to spirit. We would then do something in attunement where your teacher or even yourself, I'm going to be um, putting up some meditations as well as podcasts. So uh, don't worry, I'm not just going to leave you hanging. I'm going to make sure that you have an understanding of everything I'm talking about. And we're going to start at the beginning. So these attunements, what we do is we basically call out to the spirit world. Now spirit already know we're going to do this, but we call out to them anyway. And we basically ask them to come and connect with us to merge close enough with us with our own energy field and we raise our vibration as we do this. In our attunement, we're raising our vibration to match their vibration. And this allows them to draw so close to us. And what we do is we ask them to come forward, to work with us in such a way that we can decipher whatever images that they're bringing forward, whatever form of mediumship they're going to use with us, be it physically, mentally, um, clairaudiently, whatever it may be, that we may be able to start to decipher what it is that we are being shown and be able to relay that then to the recipient. Now, again, in the beginning, you will probably find that your own mind won't step out of the way enough to allow this to happen in a big way. So you may get just a few bits and pieces of information. The rest you will probably discard, even though, as I've said, you never discard anything whenever you switch on to the mediumship uh, side of things. Never discard anything because everything everything can have some bit of a meaning behind it. But it's having the confidence to be able to pick which is the piece of evidence that you want to relay. So you can probably you'll probably start off it by maybe getting some colors getting some numbers, getting a name or two or something like that. And that's okay. That's okay because that's how we build the foundation for mediumship. 
That's how we that's how we start. And whenever your confidence grows from that a little bit more. So for instance, whenever you do your first attunement and you begin to try and connect, you may say, okay, can anybody understand the name of, um, let's just say, for instance, sake, the name of James. That's the name that I've gotten. Um, and at the time, you probably would say, I don't have anything else, though, but I'm also getting the color of red. So what, I, what you should do whenever you're getting those bits of information, what you should do is you should think to yourself, what does the color red mean? How does that? So I would always advise to start off feeling. So how does the color red make me feel? Does it make you feel warmth? Does it make you feel fear? How does it make you feel? If I was to say, I'm getting the name of James, I'm feeling an awful lot of warmth coming from this spirit communicator. That would tell me that they were a very warm person. They weren't cold. And that is how I would advise you to start off your reading. I feel that I have a gentleman coming forward. I know his name is James and I'm feeling so great warmth. But in order for you to be able to do that, you have to allow yourself a few seconds to be able to actually turn red into warmth. So instead of just shouting out, I see the color red straight away. Think for a second and think, okay, I've got a color. That's cool. I didn't have a color before I started this. But do I want to give that color away too quickly? Or do I want to sit with it and see what else it means? And this is how we begin then to start our mediumship and to start to develop our own form of a reading. Many, many mediums have many, many different forms of how they conduct a reading. Sometimes I can get very animated in the reading. Sometimes I can go very quiet. I find a lot of it will depend on the energy of the spirit communicator that comes forward. So um, I find as well, though, that whenever we deal with emotion, which is why I said, how do I feel about the color red? Emotion is a fantastic way of bringing spirit to life, because whenever you start to get a little bit animated. So if I had a, if I had a spirit communicator that came forward to me and all of a sudden I'm feeling that warmth, let's say I get the color red and I start to feel that warmth. And then all of a sudden my body, my hands start, I start rubbing my hands together. I start to feel I want to move my body a little bit. And I, I start to feel then that I want to, you know, I, I want to, I want to jump up. I want to move around, even though I wouldn't do that in the reading. But the, the recipient of that reading is seeing this. They're seeing me start to really come alive. But what that's also doing is that's also bringing their loved ones to life right before their eyes because they're seeing the mannerisms that you're using. And nine times out of ten, that's connected to that person. That's probably the way they carried on in life. And you may even make a face that reminds the recipient, oh, my God, that was the gesture or that was the that was the face they used to make. Um, you know, and that that in itself can be enough to confirm for the recipient of who you have with, with you and who that person is. Not getting their first name, second name, what they died of. All of that stuff in a sense is secondary. If you can bring that spirit communicator to life before the very eyes of that recipient, through you, through your actions. Now, obviously when I say actions, I don't mean that you have to, if the person was cranky in this life, you have to turn into you know, a grump sitting there and start to get very crabby and all that sort of stuff. No, no, no. I just mean it's in the way you carry yourself and the energy that you start to bring across. The person will, again, if you feel you have somebody coming across that in this life, they were quite quiet and calm. In turn, 
your mediumship will be quiet and calm for that reading. And again, that's bringing across the reality and that's almost bringing, confirming for the recipient. You know what? That's exactly how they would have carried on in life. You know, the energy, you can sense the energy drop in a room, but that's just spirit letting you know that this is the way they would have been when they were here. So I think I've discussed there quite a few things, maybe a little bit more than I had planned on. Uh, maybe went off a little bit track, went off track a little bit first, but um, you know, I think if anything, what I wanted to do in this episode was just to give you a little bit of a taster of what it's like to be a medium first and foremost. Um, obviously, maybe give some advice on what you should look for as a recipient of a reading, and a little bit of advice on how to begin this journey as a medium. Through the meditations, though, that I'm going to be doing on this, I'm going to take you on this journey with me. Um, we will start from the beginning for those of you that want to start from the beginning. Um, we will start off with those little meditations and then we'll expand them into bigger ones and into our attunements. And uh, we'll then begin to work with the evidence. We'll then begin to learn how to expand our evidence and how to fit, how to discover what type of medium are we or, or what type of medium you are. So thanks everybody for listening to this first episode. I hope you got something from it. I'm super excited for the next one. Um, again, I'm new to this whole podcast thing, so stick with me on this. But uh, I hope there was enough in this that has maybe sprung open your own awareness a little bit. If you, if you, if you were considering doing this and you come across this podcast, maybe this is the podcast for you. So thank you very much, everybody, and I'll talk to you next time.